Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 407th show is Dr. Lynn Brandt, retired professor of geology at the University of Northern Iowa, and he's going to be talking to us about the religious significance of geology. Our history buffs are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders, and Ed, you get to start us off. Thanks, Jay. Dr. Brandt, Judaism and Islam use some of the ancient scriptures. Uh, they have that in common with Christianity, using some of the same books from the Old Testament. Do, right. they, do they have this problem, specifically with the creationism versus geology thing? I know there's always a problem with literalism, but do they have the same thing going on? Well, again, I, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on religions, but uh, as I understand it, uh, Judaism is uh, a number of different uh, groups there. They have uh, fundamentalists and uh, the Reformed and um, uh, some other very liberal groups. And uh, I, I, the the Jews that I know don't have any problem with this, and uh, I can't really say anything about the the uh, uh, Islamists, um, Muslims, but uh, so I, I can't really answer that question. But I do think that in Europe there was some Islamic back to some of this uh, the creationism, but I don't know how much that is. If it was a very small group of people or not. Okay, Rick. Lynn, I was wondering, uh, in your teaching career, uh, when you were doing uh, not only Rocks for Jocks, but other advanced <laughs> advanced uh, geology uh, classes. Rocks for Super Jocks. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, run across any uh, religious students who took umbrage with what you were trying to teach them? Yeah, I had one student in particular who uh, disagreed with me, and... Uh, uh we we talked about it and we said uh or i said you know this is a geology class and we're going to do the geology here and you can accept it or not accept it in your rest of your life but we want to talk about geology here well it turned out that this student um uh, uh, how would i put this she um she became a friend uh in a sense and uh uh, we communicated well after the end of the semester a number of times and uh, uh, as as friends. And I don't know what her thoughts about the geology was, but uh, I know that uh, it was it came out okay. Another student I had uh, told me that she one time took out her geology book and the Bible, and she sat there with two next to each other comparing notes back and <laughs> forth. And again, I don't know how, how this came out, but uh, uh, she was uh, taking this very seriously and uh, doing a lot of thinking about uh, uh, what uh, my course had initiated in her mind. What grades did you give these two students? <laughs> oh, I I have no idea, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, though. <laughs> well, another place, and I didn't talk about this at all, another place that religion meets uh, geology is in the rise of environmentalism. 
and um, if you if you pay attention to what has been going, I mean, if we study what's been going on in the Earth and over time, uh, there have been catastrophes, there have been major changes, and part of environmentalism uh, recognizes these and uh, uh, adjusts what we the the part of religion is how things are and what things matter and what things matter uh, comes down and comes out here in environmentalism and um, many uh, religious groups uh, take the attitude that uh, God created this earth and the plants and the animals and he called them good and we should protect these and there's another flavor of, of Christianity that says we don't have to worry about any of this because God will take care of us. So here is another place where geology meets uh, environmentalism and uh, uh, another place in, the, in uh, their contact. Um, Lynn, you uh, you took my last question, my, the question I was going to ask, so I'm glad you brought up the environmental ap- approach. Um, I'm wondering, again, because in today's scientific world, um, physics is the sexy science um if you watch big bang theory you have sheldon actually making fun of of the uh of the geology people and and so i'm wondering what is the the sort of cutting edge work in geology at this point and and how does that geology work impact on cultural areas like religion Oh well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's Keep a lot simple, of Jack. aspects, <laughs> a lot of aspects of geology, and uh, uh, one of the areas that's, that's worked on is the um, getting the the ge- the timing, the dates, the geologic dates, very very accurate, and this goes back to help how we understand mass extinctions in the past. And it, it turns out that the mass extinctions at the end of the Paleozoic, when the trilobites and such went out of, out of into uh, extinction, and um, the one at the end of the Cretaceous, when the dinosaurs went extinct and so on, uh, these seem to be very short durations. And the implication of this is that my gosh, maybe it isn't just the meteorite coming in and going smash and killing everything. It may be that that is the trigger of a total collapse of the biosphere. The biosphere is so interconnected, and there are so many species that depend on other things, that depend on something else, and depend on something else. And the collapse seems to have been much shorter than we have previously thought. And so one of the areas is trying to find out just exactly how long these took and exactly what happened and exactly what the processes were. And are we heading for another big mass extinction, which, of course, would take us out, too? Um, And, you know, our extinction 
would be about as religious thing I can think of. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny you should say that. Um, one of my favorite places in the state of Iowa are the Los Hills in you know Western Iowa, where they're formed with dirt over the Continental Divide. And I have a friend of mine in Shenandoah who was talking to someone about those, and the Los Hills go down that far. And this person was, as you're saying, a creationist. And she was telling, talking to this person, goes, "Are you telling me that?" In God's creation, you have a place like this, the Los Hills, and one in China that's the only two places in the world that anything is like that. And for some reason of the whole world, God wanted to pick two specific spots. And the creationist answer was, that was in the plans. <laughs> what are you going to say? Let me, uh, let me just say one thing about that, though. Lust occurs in lots and lots of places. Uh, I was on a field trip one time with uh, one of my professors at Penn State, and we went over to Bucknell University onto the campus of the of Bucknell and took a core down in their front yard and got lust. And uh, so lust occurs in lots of places, uh, not just these two places. So uh, are those then, the, are those the most concentrated though, or the largest? Uh, yes, probably so, but uh, I wouldn't even guarantee that. Okay. Uh, the Lus Hills uh, certainly has a has a good accumulation and blowing off of the uh, uh, the uh, uh, river floodplains there uh, that deposited a lot. But you can find Lus up in northeastern Iowa. Oh, yeah. uh, near Osterdock, there's a nice deposit that I take students to near the town of Osterdock. Uh, that's uh, God lust, and I take a handful of it and throw it at them, and they catch it and it falls apart. <laughs> All right, my, my field my field trips are you know they 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 have character. <laughs> there you go, um, Rick. We're going to let you ask the last question. Well, how, how does the uh, less taste? No. <laughs> Gritty. It's Gritty, gritty. <laughs> yeah, there's a shocker. <laughs> you've, uh, uh, no doubt, you've done work on uh, geology in uh, Iowa. Uh, have you done any of, of uh, the uh, work on the, uh, I think it's the Manson Impact Crater up in northwest Iowa? No, no, I haven't done any on that, but uh, people at the uh, Iowa Geologic Survey certainly did, and uh, I was, uh, when I was a before I retired, uh, and before some of those guys retired, uh, I was quite familiar with what they were doing up there. Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting phenomenon. Um, and if you drive across that area, you would never not have the idea that that there's a big crater there. But the water is some of the best tasting water from what I've heard in the state of Iowa. Yes, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. The it's very soft water. It comes up through igneous rocks that have been brought close to the surface there uh, in the impact and uh, in the in the structure. And uh, yes, very soft water. And that's how actually they found the crater in the first place was. Uh, we're trying to find out why that water was so soft. Okay. We would like to thank our guests for the 407th show, Dr. Lynn Brandt, retired professor of geology at the University of Northern Iowa, who talked to us about the religious significance of geology. Uh, the history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. 
You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put K-A-L-A-H-D-2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard on SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A Radio in the search and click on the first icon and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This is ROI recorded at station K-A-L-A, St. Ambrose University. 